When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 2348, How to Be a Minimalist When You Love Stuff, by Antonia Collins of balancethroughsimplicity.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. I'm gonna keep this intro nice and minimal for Minimalist Monday, so let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. How to Be a Minimalist When You Love Stuff by Antonia Collins of balancethroughsimplicity.com. There's a common assumption that to fully embrace the minimalist lifestyle, you have to get rid of all your stuff. Minimalism is much more than throwing away everything you own and living a life of scarcity. Here are some helpful tips and a personal story of how to be a minimalist when you love stuff. When it feels like minimalism is stealing your joy. I love collecting elephants and now have quite a few. However, I also love a minimalist lifestyle and these two aspects of my life don't immediately feel like they sit well together. Do you have a collection of something or have a lot of one type of item? For example, perhaps you enjoy sewing, so you have lots of fabrics and threads. Maybe you or your partner have a vintage record collection or a shed full of tools for various DIY projects. Perhaps you enjoy a cozy home with lots of throws and cushions or even a wall of hanging plants. Maybe you have a thing for shoes and you'd rather eat worms than part with that pink, sparkly pair of heels sitting in your closet. Going minimalist and clearing that fifth set of measuring spoons might be one thing, but parting with our most treasured collections can test us all. If you'd like to embrace a clutter-free life, but it feels like minimalism is trying to steal your joy, take heart. In this post, I'm sharing some helpful tips and reminders and a personal example of how to be a minimalist when you love stuff, and in my case, my elephant collection. My not-so-minimalist elephant collection. My love of elephants goes way back. I've always been fascinated by their heightened sensitivities, their wide range of emotions, their tight-knit family communities where they nurture their young and care for their old. Elephants are wise beyond their years, never forget anything, and place great value on the wisdom passed down to them over generations. Their ears form the shapes of the continents from which they come, and despite their size, they can walk so softly over a stick that it won't break. They sense when one of their own is dying. They know how to guide a sick relative to its feet so that its body weight won't crush the air from its lungs. And their babies are little comedians as they master the use of their trunks and flap their ears wide to scare the birds. In short, I love elephants. And as I can't have a real one, I have collected little sculptures of elephants and other elephant paraphernalia since I was young 
I now have quite a collection. Too many elephants versus being a true minimalist. In discovering minimalism and decluttering a huge amount of our family stuff that we no longer needed, want, or even knew we had, I hit a stumbling block when it came to my elephants. I spent many years and quite a bit of money collecting them. Each was unique, chosen, and purchased either by me or as thoughtful gifts from loved ones because they were beautiful, quirky, intricate, carved, fired in clay, made of glass, metal, precious stone, wood, you name it, I had it. Now how on earth would I be able to part with my collection only because it supposedly didn't fit in with my minimalist journey? I couldn't just throw it all away or donate it to someone else because this was my collection, my choice of elephants, and represented a piece of my personality and something that I cared passionately about. I wondered if it was really possible for me to be a true minimalist, and I also worried that in becoming a minimalist, I have to make some sacrifices that I just didn't want to make. Minimalism is meant to have a positive impact, not spoil my fun and enjoyment of things. I felt confused, frustrated, and stuck. I wanted to pursue my minimalist experiment, but didn't want it to suck the joy from my life. I headed back to the drawing board, the internet, to see where I was going wrong. The minimalist lifestyle is about more than your stuff. As I trawled the internet for sources of inspiration and comfort, that minimalism was meant to be rewarding and fulfilling, not an exercise in deprivation, I began to learn that the minimalist lifestyle is about more than your stuff. I began exploring minimalism by decluttering my home, and it's still a great first place to begin your own minimalist journey, yet I hadn't fully appreciated that my physical stuff was just one part of the equation. It sure felt like a huge part as we had a lot of stuff and clutter, but I wasn't yet able to see beyond that clutter mountain. Once I began to really think about why I was clearing my clutter, exactly what I chose to keep and why, rather than just chucking it all out and hoping I wouldn't need it again, then things began to shift. I focused on the why of what I was doing rather than the act of getting rid of stuff. When I understood the why, I began to feel more comfortable in getting rid of some things and keeping others, like my elephants. In short, I began to learn that the minimalist lifestyle is about more than stuff. It's about asking yourself questions, identifying what's important, and making choices that align with what's important to you. That's the key to making minimalism work for you and your family and allowing the benefits to filter through into every aspect of your life. The minimalist lifestyle isn't just about the stuff in your home, it's about personal choice and intention. Minimalism and intentional living. On this site, I share lots of tips about decluttering, simplicity, and minimalist living. The thread that weaves them together is the art of intention. It's about defining what's important to you in life, from people to stuff and anything in between and making space for more of what lifts you up and less of what brings you down. It's not about curating the perfect life, which is impossible, but it is about curating the best life you can for yourself in whatever way that means to you. For some of us, this is made easier when we have less clutter in our lives. We have breathing space and room to focus on what's important. Going back to my elephants, at the moment, they're important to me. They add value and bring joy, so my intentional choice is to keep them in my life and on my shelf. 
If you're questioning how to be a minimalist when you love stuff, think differently. Move away from the common assumption that being minimalist means throwing everything out and move toward considering it as a life of intentional, deliberate decision-making. Choose what brings you joy, happiness, peace, fulfillment, direction, and lean away from the things that drain you and take up space in your home, schedule, mind, and heart. This is, for me, the true spirit of a minimalist lifestyle, and there's plenty of room for my elephants. Conclusion. A minimalist lifestyle looks different for all of us because the decisions we take and what adds value to our lives are unique. There isn't a rule book or a one-size-fits-all form of minimalism that you have to follow to call yourself a true minimalist. In fact, if there is a rule about minimalist living, it's about remaining true to your priorities and values and making intentional decisions that align with those. If there's stuff in your home or your life that adds value in some way, it's okay to keep it in. Being mindful of when that value becomes just clutter is the key for how to be a minimalist when you love stuff. You just listened to the post titled How to Be a Minimalist When You Love Stuff by Antonia Collins of balancethroughsimplicity.com. Thank you to Antonia. A little paragraph worth repeating. Quote, once I began to really think about why I was clearing my clutter, exactly what I chose to keep and why, rather than just chucking it all out and hoping I wouldn't need it again, then things began to shift, end quote. I know we've heard this on the show before, but if you're newer here, it could be surprising to hear that minimalism really isn't about decluttering or counting the number of items we have. It often starts that way because it's something we can all understand quickly, We can see the benefits of paring down possessions and might even feel motivated at the end of an article to get to work and start selling, donating, and trashing items. But without the why, we might not feel much at all except a bit lighter or to an extreme empty. As I've said before, you can be unhappy without stuff just like you can be unhappy with too much stuff. And the only person who can tell you what's too much is yourself. So stay on that journey of figuring out your why. Have a great rest of your Minimalist Monday and start to your week. And I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.